This is Ellie Fisher podcasting the ninth chapter of Sefer Ezra for the OU podcast, the OU Nachiomi podcast. <clears throat> Just wanted to clarify one thing that I had mentioned in uh, when we were learning Parakhet. There was one, uh, there was one pasuk that I. It was called to my attention that I miss uh, that I misread it, put the comma in the wrong place. Um, this is in pasuk um, Tetvav, Bek Bitsem El Nahar Haba El Ahavav Vinach. So I read it as and I contemplated the people. I didn't find Kohanim or Levim there. Um, it seems that it should be read and uh, based on you know who who they the fact that they brought Levim and the fact that uh, and the fact that um, Kohanim are listed in the previous section, it should be read and I saw the people as well as the Kohanim but there were no Levim there and this actually corroborates there's a um, um, Ezra actually penalized the, the Levim for that that uh, he uh, he enacted that Maaser which traditionally which according to the Torah went to the went to the Levim could be given to the Kohanim as well okay Perak Tet when these things were finished, uh, you know, much later on, afterward. Um, <coughs> more, the leaders, the princes, drew, uh, came to me saying, The uh, the the nation, the the Yisraelim, the, the Kohanim and the Levim, have not separated from the nations. Um, and from doing according to the abominations of the Canaanim, Nechitim, etc. These uh, seven nations. Now, there were no Canaanim left. There were no Chitim left. There were no Prizim left. There were no Yevusim left. Uh, these were all nations that uh, were, um, you know, existed at the time of Bayit Rishon or the time of the Shoftim, uh, and they're listed in the Torah as being the seven nations that uh, it's forbidden for a Jew to marry, and that uh, the Israelites, when they came to when they came to Eretz Yisrael, had to had to destroy, had to defeat. Um, they were gone. Uh, they either were wiped out by the Israelites, whoever wasn't wiped out by the Israelites was wiped out later on by Sancheriv, by the, Ashur, by the Malchut Ashur. Um, but the To'evot of these other Ameharatot, these other, these other people that were around, uh, were like the, uh, those of the Kena'anim, etc. Okay, where we're going here is into a halachic gray area. Um, the Amehaarets, the you know the the neighboring tribes, were not Canaanim, and they were not you know etc. They were not from those tribes or nations that the Torah explicitly forbids. However, um, 
the the Isser to marry into those groups can and ultimately was extended. Um, but the people that married into those groups didn't imagine that they were violating the Torah. They, you know, the Torah says no kananim, chitim, emorim, prizim, yavusim, etc. They didn't. They married, you know, kutim, whoever it was, ashdodim. Um, so the, uh, you know, it, it, it's not clear cut that it wasn't clear cut to them anyway that what they were doing was so terrible. Um, at this point, there was no formal process of gerut, of becoming a, a Jewish person, right? One, throughout Bayat Rishon, it was possible for someone to join, uh, it was possible for someone to join Klal Yisrael, but not through a formal process. They would join by simply relocating, becoming part of, living with the, uh, the Israelite people. Um, that worked as long as the Jews, or the Israelites, um, were the majority culture. There's a difference between being the majority culture and being a minority culture. Um, when you're the majority culture, you're not worried about assimilation because the other groups assimilate into you. Right? Christians in America are not worried about assimilation. Um, <clears throat> when you're a minority culture, you need to create strong boundaries. That You do run a risk of assimilation. You need to create an ethnic identity that's really very strong, and you have to make sure that that I- ethnic identity is is preserved. Um, that's the, you know, that's the that's what it means to be to be a minority. Um, so even if there was a, uh, you know, during Bayit Rishon, um, you know, there was a process by which somebody could become naturalized uh, into the Jewish people. Um, you know, and the truth of the matter is that Ger literally means immigrant, right? That's what the word means, uh, or a migrant. Um, you know, the process of Gerut, even today, right, can be conceptualized not necessarily as a process of conversion, which, you know, which, uh, which, which has a connotation of an, of an instantaneous transformation, um, but the word Ger, you know, is a, it's a process of, um, of acculturation and naturalization. Um, whereas, whereby a stranger, right, so a foreigner, becomes uh, naturalized to a to a new uh, to a new community. Um, you know, that process of gerut, you know, developed through Torah Shabal Peh. Um, at this point, they were at a they were at a point in between where they were no longer a major a majority culture, so there was no longer a natural process of uh, of of integration. Um, but there had not yet been a uh, the, the the, the process of Gerut had not yet been developed. Um, Pasuk Bet continues on this theme. Kinasumi b'notehem lahem u'levnehem v'hitarvu zera kodesh be'amea aretzot. They they married into their daughters. They married women of these nations. Um, you know them and their sons, and they intermingled uh, the holy seed be'amea aretzot into the amea aretzot. To the nations of the land, and the uh, the princes and the deputies, they were the first to you know to to violate, to trespass. Uh, so there are a couple of phrases here that are that really uh, bear discussion. The first is zera kodesh, right? The holy seed. Um, there's an idea that like the very um, you know the 
the very seed from which a, a Jew would germinate, or that you know that issues from a Jew, is intrinsically holy. Zera Kodesh. Um, there are several Ma'amari uh, Chazal which kind of move in this direction, which indicate in this direction. Uh, one is that Ezra's mitakin tevila lebaalei keri. Right, Ezra was mitakin that a uh, um, a man who who experienced a uh, um, a seminal omission uh, would have to go to the mikvah, right? Kind of highlighting this, um, you know, the, the 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 seriousness of the uh, um, of um, of zera and uh, several other things that uh, you know Ezra uh, Ezra enacted in order to encourage um, you know more Jewish babies. Essentially, um, he he encouraged. Um, Perfumers, right? Rochlin, you know, perfume sellers to frequent Yerushalayim so that the Jewish women could beautify themselves. And he also uh, was metakin that um, that Jews should eat garlic, which is which was uh, known to be an aphrodisiac uh, on uh, on erev Shabbat, right? So Ezra had these strategies for creating more Jewish babies. This was um, even before birthright. Um, it's the same kind of idea. Uh, the second, the second issue, the second, uh, the second phrase that bears comment is um, is the term meila, right? Meila uh, is b'maal hazeh, right? That there was a uh, a trespass. Meila is uh, a term that's used by um, expropriating something which is supposed to be used for holy purposes and expropriating it for whole purposes. You're using something which is supposed to be used for kedusha and you're using it for something profane um, <clears throat> so that very much is along the along the same lines that this idea of Jewish men marrying uh, non-jewish women was a was a form of meila you're taking something which has an intrinsic holiness and you're using it for purposes which are profane right that's how the that's how it's conceptualized in this pasuk okay so Ezra begins speaking first person. When I heard this, I tore my clothes and my outer garment, and I started pulling the hair out of my head, and from my beard, and I sat down, stupefied. And to me gathered anybody that trembled at the word, of the God of Israel, al Maal Hagola, because of the, the the violation of the of um, of those who had been in exile. Vani Yoshev Mishomim Adle Minchata Erev, and I sat there stupefied until the evening offering. And the phrase here, Kol Chareid Bidvar Hashem, right? It has interesting uh, historical significance because uh, you know, that ultimately that's the that's the pasuk where the term Chareidi comes from. Right, that you have a sense here that there's a larger Jewish community, and within that community, there are only a few that are really chareid b'dvar Hashem, those who rally around Ezra, right? Those who tremble at the word of God. So, like that, that that term became like a, a you know an awareness of those of that select, like the hardcore within uh, within within uh, within Judaism who really do care about what God says. That's you know the you know that that uh, that's where the term chareidi comes from. The, um, Haridi is a term that, you know, as opposed to terms that let's of like um, such as Orthodox or, or ultra Orthodox, 
which is a term that was invented by people from the outside. Haredi is, is actually a name that um, people in a group would, uh, called themselves. They'd, it's a name that they gave themselves. Um, a, a kind of an irony here is that this is also, you know, the this is also the origin for the uh, this pasuk is also the origin for the name of the Quakers, right? Chared um, v'dvar Hashem, right? Tremble at the word of God or quake at the word of God. Um, you know, that's where the that's where the Quakers got their name. So Charedim and Quakers both get their uh, both get their name from this pasuk. Always knew there was something familiar about that oatmeal guy, right? Um, so Ezra continues. Minchata Erev, and at the afternoon Mincha, Kamti Mitaniti, I got up from my fast, Uvikari Bigdi Umi'ili, and from, you know, and and, uh, and with my with my clothes and my outer garment torn, Bechra'al Birkai, and I kneeled down on my knee, I genuflected upon my knees, and I spread out my palms to Hashem, my God. And I said, Elokai. My God, Boshi Vinichlamti Lehalim Melokai Panaye Lecha. Right? I'm ashamed and I'm abashed to lift my face toward you, God. Kiavonotenu Ravu Lumala Rosh. Because our, uh, our sins have increased, you know, over our heads. Ashmatenu Godla, our guilt is great. Adla Shamayim, up to the heavens. Mimeavotenu Anachnu Bashmagadola. From the time of our fathers, we are. Um, we are guilty ad hayom until now. Right? We've been guilty of the same sin from the time of our fathers. Uva avonotenu nitanu anachnu melachenu kohanenu biad malchei aratzot. And because of our sins, we have been made subject. Right? Our kings and our kohanim, we have been made subject to the to the kings of the lands, Becherev Vashavi, the sword and captivity, Uvabiza and plunder, Uvavoshet Panim, um, and to uh, shame of shame shamefacedness, Kahayom Hazeh, as it is to, to, until today. Right? Because of these sins, right, we've been we've been subject to all of these things. The Ata. And now, Kimat Rega Haitat Chinameit Hashem for a, a moment there was grace from God Elkeinu, our, Hashem our God Lashir lanu to give us a, a remnant Latet lanu yateid and to give a um, a stake Vimkom kacho in his um, in his holy place Lehe'irei neinu elokeinu Ulatitenu mechia ma'at ba'avdutenu Um you know, to give us a little bit of of uh, revival in our um, in our so that oh, I'm sorry, so that God may lighten our eyes. To give us a little bit of a revival in our um, in our uh, in our slavery, in our enslavement. Because we're slaves. But despite our slavery, we have not abandoned God. Chesed, and he extended kindness upon us. Lifnei Malchei Paras, right before the kings of Persia, Latetlanu Mechia to give us, you know, to revive us. Leromemet Beitelokenu, right to lift up, to raise the the house of of our God. Lahamidet Chorvotav to resurrect his, you know, the the destroyed places. Latetlanu Gader Bihuda, and to give us a, a, a fence. 
in a fenced-in area in Yehuda and in Yerushalayim. Beata, and now. Right, so he's he's telling the story. Right, the story that he's telling, the narrative that he's that he's uh, that he's narrating, right, is one of sin followed by destruction, followed by somewhat of a revival, and now he's saying ve'ata. And now, what are we going to say to you after this? Since we left you, we abandoned your mitzvot that you commanded us through your prophets, right, the land that you are coming to inherit, right, it's an unclean land, through the uncleanliness of the, the people of the land, and all of their abominations, who filled it from one end to the other with their filth. And now, don't give um, don't give their daughters to your sons and don't give um, right don't give your daughters to their sons and don't give their sons their daughters to your sons don't seek peace with them betovatam or their good, or their benefit, ad olam, forever. Laman tech so that you may hold the land, v'achaltem et tuv and you can eat from the good of the land, v'horashtem levnechem ad olam, and you can uh, bequeath it to your children forever. <coughs> he's paraphrasing the Chumash here. Right? He's paraphrasing from Devarim. Um, and he's creating continuity. He's seeing that, he's saying that, the sins that are being committed now, right, with this, uh, you know, with, with with the people who are uh, who are intermarrying, right, are a con- are a continuation of these earlier sins, right? It's it's a single narrative, right, and it's reading the current situation in light of the psukim in uh, in Devarim. Okay, what Ezra is essentially doing here is he's creating a new halacha, or he's expanding the iser of the Torah. And he's including new nations in that, but in a way that masks the chiddush. The way that he tells the story, there's no chiddush, right? It's just a continuation of the early, of the earlier phenomenon. Um, and he's also doing it in a way that that relates to the Torah's reasons. I mean, why is it that we can't have anything to do with these nations? Because they'll corrupt us. So <clears throat> any nation that's going to corrupt us should, uh, you know, the, you, the same yisurim should apply. Um, and he's also playing on the people's emotions, as we'll see. This is Pasuk Yod Gimel. After everything that's happened to us, in our evil ways, and our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve, less than our sins deserve, meaning you haven't punished us enough, you've spared us so far, and you've given us such a revenant, right, shall we again break your commandments? And, uh, and to marry into these abominable peoples? Right, wouldn't you be angry with us until you've destroyed us? So that there is no remnant, meaning God has given us kindness. God has given us, you know, has graced us. Like, uh, why are we playing with fire? Why are we trying to ruin it? Hashem, okay, Israel, God, you are righteous. 
for we're left as a remnant that has uh, that has escaped today. And here we are in front of you with our guilt. We cannot stand before you because of this. Right. So the last thing that Ezra plays on is the people's emotions, particularly fear. Right. Thank you. <laughs> We're in a very precarious situation here. You know, God has given us kindness, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to ruin it um, by uh, we're going to ruin it by you know by, by by engaging in these in these abominations. We will uh, continue uh, with Parak Yud tomorrow, where uh, we discuss which discusses what actually happened in the wake of Ezra's. Uh, in the wake of Ezra's tefillah, in the wake of Ezra's demonstration.